Yum 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 ba 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 Here. So let's break it down now. It's just what we do. It's mad about, mad about you. I was worried if that went on too long, we'd start to lose people <laughs> for, for forever. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Mad About Mad About You, your weekly Mad About You recap podcast that is no longer weekly. So for just it happens. It happens well, when it happens. It is weekly every other week. That's true. It happens during a week. Yeah. <laughs> it happens on a basis defined by weeks. Yes. This podcast does not exist outside of time. Outside uh, of my weeks. My name is Sure. Also true. My name is Russell Fader. And I'm John Marbley. Ooh. We both can't be too formal at the same time. Topsy Derby. Topsy Derby. Who knows what is happening? For those who don't know, that annoying intro is related to the episode. Yes. In hindsight, you'll appreciate it deeply. But if you haven't watched the episode recently, you might have merely found it incredibly annoying. Yeah, you're probably not listening anymore. (laughs) That's true. So we got nothing to say to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to waste my time talking to people who aren't there. (laughs) No, on your way out, leave us a review. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great, great. Wonderful. Well, we got one, Russ. Yes, we did. Lauren H. gave us a 60 by 60. Hi, Lauren H. She said, what a thrill. (laughs) I guess that's that's something I I said. I remember when you said that. You do? Yeah, you were talking about something thrilling. Yeah, I say it a lot in my real life. There you go. People make fun of me. (laughs) Okay, Lauren H., in your quote, were you being sarcastic? Hey, Lauren H., would you mind make a second iTunes account and leave a review letting us know? (laughs) If you're being sarcastic or not. <laughs> no, but it is sort of a fun uh, little challenge, huh? Yeah, Should I do like it, it again? Yeah, absolutely. The 60 by 60. It's hashtag 60 by 60. So we're shooting for 60 reviews. And all you have to do... In the next 60 minutes. Yes. As you listen to this podcast, all you have to do is review us with something that one of us just said. Yeah. You could go on right now and just write, review us with something that one of us just said. That's true. Hashtag 60 by 60. Oh, what a thrill that would be. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's great. John, how was your week? It was great. You're not going to believe I did a very mad about mad about you thing. What'd you do? Uh, I made a little eBay purchase while I was, uh, you know, you know how you take, I sometimes will get bored at work. And do mm-hmm. the stereotypical equivalent of like a bored housewife shopping kind of thing, you know? That, okay. Like a misogynistic uh, television show. <laughs> sure. <laughs> With traumatized, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, my equivalent is that I went on eBay looking for an obscure documentary starring Tony Randall, which I found at a different website and ordered. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But I. Uh, what is un- this? What did unfortunately. You get? I came across 
an autographed copy of Tony Randall's autobiography called Which Reminds Me. You are some kind of man, John Marbley. And the reviews are so bad on Amazon. (laughs) It says it's a series of aimless anecdotes that mostly end with, you had to be there. (laughs) (laughs) So it's Mad About Mad About You, the autobiography? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So something tells me of all the books I've started in my life, this will be one of the few I finish. I can't wait for you to get this thing. No, you're going to love it. Are you kidding me? I think I will. We'll have to read one on the episode, on the air, on the air. Absolutely. On the air. And it was signed on uh, Valentine's Day, 1996. Interesting. How about that? It's really a Valentine of sorts. That's great. Yeah. So I got that to look forward to. Awesome. How are you? I'm good. I also did something kind of mad about you related. I got engaged. Whoa, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Jen and I are going to get married, yeah. Oh, <laughs> when? <laughs> We're not entirely sure. No, when would you get married? I mean, when would you get engaged? Last night. Whoa. Yeah. What was last night? Oh, Saturday. Last night was Saturday That's a good night, night to do that. Oh, perfect night. Yeah, you, you don't want to do it on Tuesday. It's like that Elton John song, Saturday night's all right for getting engaged. Oh, and now you're doing the podcast? Now I'm going to do the podcast. And here's a funny thing. So we're recording this on Sunday morning. Tonight is the first night of Rosh Hashanah. Yes, Happy New Year. Thank you to you as well. So I'm heading out to Long Island for the holidays. Jen and I are heading out for the holidays. Oh, and they don't know? They don't know. (gasps) Ah, that's exciting. you and the Rise Guys and Rise Gals, in one way or another, know about this. Well, no. Know about my engagement. Only me. only you, but I'm telling the I'm telling the that's world. They just trippy. don't know it yet. Yeah, that's what's crazy. You, but this yes, is you all know before my parents. You dropped an announcement in the mail. <laughs> yes, and it'll take five days or two weeks or whatever to get there. You're really playing with time. This is trippy. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. See, if this was if this was in the world of mad about you, your parents would be angry at you for telling. The hundreds of people that listen first, even though they haven't heard yet. They probably will be. That's also a good Curb Your Enthusiasm. Ma, they don't even know yet. Well, you told them. (laughs) How could you tell all of these people without me? Well, they don't know yet. It's the telling. There you go. That's what I, there you go. You nailed it, Russ. (laughs) Well, congrats. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. It feels real good. We're very, very happy. Well, Um, that's good. That's a relief. Yeah, it's been 12 I mean, hours. So. <laughs> yeah, it's been not even one full day. So there's plenty of time to not be happy about it. Do you but wish you had right a ring? Now, I'm sorry? It changes a woman's hand, but it doesn't change a man's hand. That is true. That's what I, they say uh, about uh, engagements. Because <laughs> my buddy just got married and now he's got a ring on his hand. And I, you know, I spent the next 24 hours with him and it was like, oh, that's weird. That's a weird thing. That yeah, changes was- your... Everything, everything you touch with that hand is different now because there's a little ring. I've known at least two men who have also had engagement rings. Oh, really? Yes. And I'm not sure if I'm going to do that, but I don't mind the idea of it. And here's why. Here's here's one thing that I talked to about with Jen. So Jen goes into work, for instance. She's got a ring on her finger. And so it's a, a reason to be like, hey, by the way, I have this thing now. I will tell you this news about myself because it is something that you can see about me that is different than the way I, I used to appear. And so I may as well bring it up. Right. 
for me, it's just like, hey, everybody. Uh, big news, big announcement. Get around. <laughs> Got to tell you something about my personal life yeah. that I otherwise wouldn't do. And uh, I know you wouldn't ask, but I thought I should tell you. Yeah. Now, the answer right. is, of course, I don't have to. But of course, you do have to. Of course. So basically, I want to get my own ring to prompt me. Yeah. So rings are uh, conversation starters for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> gotcha. Wedding and engagement rings are mostly used for passive aggressive yeah. means. <laughs> hey Russ, why do you have a ring with an arrow on it pointing to your suit? Oh hey, nice suit. Oh, oh thanks. Oh, I just well, got this. this. <laughs> a ring with an arrow on it pointing to your suit. <laughs> oh gosh. It's really stupid. What are we talking about today? Besides we're this talking, wonderful news. Yes, we're talking about Mad About You, episode 61. This is Mad About Mad About You's episode 61. This is the second consecutive week, John, that I've screwed up the titling of the episode. Oh, yeah. Hey, everyone. Apologies. As I've tweeted the last episode, our count is all screwed up. <laughs> our count is screwed up. I can't talk about it properly. Yeah. Things are bad. The so. descriptions are wrong. The tweets are wrong. Russ <laughs> mentioning it's wrong. Yeah, everything's bad. So this is Mad About Mad About You's 61st episode. We're talking about season three, episode 15 of Mad About You, an episode titled Just My Dog. And it premiered on February 9th, 1995. Guess what, my friend? Mr. What's William up? Shakespeare must be back in the saddle at TV Guide over there because we got a oh, beautiful, yeah? concise, clear description. What do we got? Murray gets an agent after appearing in a commercial. Wow. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. I also very much love that, A, neither Paul nor Jamie are mentioned. Right. And B, it doesn't indicate at all that Murray is a dog. <laughs> yeah, if it's your first time watching, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, ooh, the protagonist of this show is going to get an agent. Uh, well, the dogs know. <laughs> this one's for them. This one's for the dogs. This is for all you dogs yeah. out there. Oh, for, oh finally. <laughs> They'll never forget the first time a dog had his own episode on television. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Maui is the Ellen DeGeneres of dogs. <laughs> yeah, everyone knew he was a dog, but he was, he was never willing to... <laughs> Remember that time when he in the episode where he just was in the airport with Laura Dern and he accidentally went on the microphone and just barked. I'm a dog. Yeah, oh, I get it. I never saw that. It was good. We've talked about that on the show a lot, right? Um, I don't think so. I don't that re- moment recall. in American culture. We may have. I don't recall. And how far we've come? I guess probably we have we've because pretty... it was an insane deal when she uh, yes announced that she was a lesbian to the world. Yes. It was huge. Like, it was very divisive. Yeah. It's, and look, I understand what you're saying, and it was divisive, but also, like, it's divisive in that there's a, it's now, like, pre and post Ellen is how television is. Yes, a divided time as well. So, yeah. Not only was it a divisive line, but it was a dividing line. (laughs) I'm a real Shakespeare. (laughs) Thank you, John. On the cutting room floor of a Hanna-Barbera factory. Hey, Russ, why do you have a ring with a picture of yourself patting yourself on the back? (laughs) Well, guess what I said on a podcast the other day? (laughs) Yeah, you should get a ring for the show. (laughs) 
man. What uh anything happened in uh anything you want to talk about? <laughs> well, only literally only kind of. <laughs> Because I'm like, look, my big news or the big news is that news. Right. It's going to be very hard to. Yes. And also not a whole heck of a lot happened. But I will say that one thing that happened recently in 1995 when I was scanning through the TV Tango. Everybody go to TVTango.com <laughs> to find out what happened on this date. I'm more of a TV rumba guy. <laughs> on this date, I noticed an additional row in the listings for the WB. Is it their debut as a channel? This was from February 9th. They debuted on January 11th. So they're a month old. No kidding. I kind of remember that. Yeah. I remember being so excited because all of their commercials had Michigan J. Frog. Yes. Super fun cartoon from Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Oh, that's what it's from. That's what the WB. Yeah. Looney Tunes. Thank you. And I was like, oh, yeah. And look, I was 13 at the time, but. Still, the idea of a channel that's all Warner Brothers cartoons and stuff. I'm like, uh, Sweet. <laughs> Boy, were you wrong. Yeah. And then <laughs> what was the first show that was on? Let me find the first show. Moesha was the Wayans Brothers. Wayans yeah. Brothers. Yeah. Early on, it was predominantly African-American programming. Early so on, like was... the first 10 to 15 years. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Through was... now or it, is it even still in the air? No, it is defunct. It's defunct now, right? Yeah, they joined up with UPN and formed the CW. Yes, that's right. So it's not because everybody knows WB plus UPN equals CW. That's just algebra. Yeah, it's a letter algebra. (laughs) Other shows that were on were Unhappily Ever After, The Parenthood, and Sister Sister. And then later they had Kirk, which we've talked about briefly, Mm -hmm. the Kirk Cameron vehicle. That did not do well. And they had nighttime soap opera Savannah. Wow. I don't remember a lot of these. Me what neither. about Moesha? Wasn't that on the there? The Steve Harvey show was on. Moesha, I believe. I believe Moesha was on. Yeah. But then here, so I, you know, first of all, I would have loved to watch some of that stuff now because you, I'm, I'm sure like, you yeah. can. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch the Wayans Brothers now. At the time when it was on, I was like, I'm not watching the Wayans Brothers. But now looking back, I'm like, yeah, I'll give the Wayans Brothers a shot. Absolutely. Right. I'm in a different place. <laughs> and then they switched to. Teen stuff, teen shows. So they had Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. Was huge for them. And Felicity and Charmed were on oh, the CW. interesting. Those were all on there? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Smallville and Angel were on this show. Were on this. I keep saying show. They were all on the CW. Now we're in like the 2000s. Now I'm saying the CW, the WB. Yeah, this was late 90s. 97 to 2000, yeah. And yeah, they kept on, they broadened and they had Gilmore Girls also. Oh, Rich, have wow. you watched that show? Nah. I, Some females in my life have had me watch it at one point or another. Not for you? It's always a treat, but uh, whatever. No, not for me, I guess. Yeah. The only episodes that I've watched were the ones that came out for Netflix a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Those were the only complete episodes, and they were four 90-minute movies. Oh, yeah. I've never seen a complete <laughs> episode. Yeah. So a friend of mine showed me uh, Madeline Albright guest starred. Oh, yeah? Madeline Albright and um, Christian Amanpour. Really? Guest start on the original show. So we were watching those clips and they were great. I didn't know that they were on that. That's fun. Yeah. It's a cool show. I bet I'd appreciate it now, I guess. But it's a kid's show kind of, right? So it's like. No, it's not really. It's a lot of their fans are female, are women. But as far as like being for kids, not necessarily. Not really. It's fun. It's for me. It was always just like, oh, this banter is so quick and unrealistic. Just like everybody. Aaron Sorkin. Kind of. 
except without the with even less listening. So oh, I see. No, mom says something very funny. Daughter says something very funny. Mom, funny, funny, funny. Oh, I don't like that kind usually. You don't like or you do? No, I usually don't. Yeah, it's a little bit tough, but also I'm like when I stop, (laughs) I really appreciate it during the commercial breaks. When there's a moment to breathe, I'm able to look back and be like, that was some good television. (laughs) Interesting. Well, Russ, that sounds like quite a ride. Oh, it's the best. (laughs) So, yeah, WB. (laughs) Well, uh, let me just say welcome. Lots of good programs. Welcome uh, to the air, WB, and we hope you do well. Yeah, knock on wood for you. Nice to be part of the family. (laughs) Bring more of that frog. I remember being pretty ticked at the use of that frog. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Because it had nothing to do with anything, really. Yes. You know? That also annoyed me. It was almost a little sad. It felt like the frog had sold out. And I was happy <laughs> for him because he had a good gig, a good money gig, but he wasn't sure. doing his shtick. Well, he's got to put food on the table. Right. Yeah, flies. He's got to put yeah. flies on the table. Yeah, yeah. I heard that the frog, his policy is he does one for them and one for him. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I don't know if the thing I liked about him was for him or us. Right. So, hello, my honey. Hello, my darling. I don't know. Oh, no. no that, he loved that. Right. Because he would only do it when you weren't looking. Mm-hmm. That was his whole thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's right. right. That was all for him. It was all for him. He loved it. He didn't care whether or not you loved those old standards. Well, lucky for him, I sure do. <laughs> John, what's doing? What do you want to talk well, about? Well, this was a real animal friendly episode. Yes. Animal oriented. It was Maui's episode after all, or Murray's episode. I found an article in the Daily News from February 5th, 1995 called Mm -hmm. Guarding the Green. His job, no walk in the park. Oh. It's Groundhog Day. Parks Commissioner Henry Stern is standing next to a grown adult, sex indeterminate, which is such a weird detail to drop in. Because yeah. this person's in a groundhog costume. So it's like this, this Daily News writer's obsessed with gender. Obsessed with gender. Yeah. Hey, dude, you're coming on pretty strong in the first sentence of this article. And what's even stronger is because it's a single column, because there's a photo to the right. It, the whole yeah. line is just M dash sex and determinate M dash. He's uh, dressed in a groundhog costume. He's hoping to delight a group of third graders in Central Park. He's thinking this is going to be a holiday they'll never forget. Except the kids give him grief. (laughs) First of all, this is all very, very funny. Secondly, it's funny that they said sex indeterminate and now are used. This is before the singular. And now you see. Yeah, you're right. Still using he. Yeah, you're right. If this were written now, they're hanging out with children. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sex indeterminate. (laughs) Well, let's assume it's a guy. Yeah. Yeah. The kids give him grief in a classic, uh, you know, New York school kids, I guess, in sure. the 90s, no less. We remember what they were doing in Queens, don't we? A few uh, <laughs> 30 episodes ago. <laughs> they demand, quote, where are the real groundhogs? <laughs> a lesser man would brush <laughs> off their complaints, not stern. The next morning, he's meeting with top Parks Department staff. Quote, next year, we will produce a live groundhog, he tells them. How long do they take to breed? He asks. I don't know that we have to grow one, Stern says. Can't we rent one or borrow one? This, this is a conversation at the Parks Department over next year's Groundhog Day planning. Hey, this is fantastic. There was nothing happening in the world. I know I know. we say it a lot well, about the things that we cover, and we cover the lighter side of things here, but a literal transcribed conversation between two people planning the Groundhog Day for next year. 
to be fair, I skipped a lot of important news to find this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, OJ's still happening, right? Yeah, I skipped right past it. I remember seeing an article about it. Who moved on. You're like, no, no, no. Let's find out what's happening. Groundhog Day, 1996. <laughs> Groundhogs are the 95. Groundhog. I know, but we're, oh, we're sure, sure. next year. Forgive me. Yes. <laughs> Round oh ninety six oh wow you know a year from now around that Groundhog's Day is when that uh, book I bought was signed just saying <laughs> Groundhogs are the least of Stern's worries these days like all city commissioners he's expected to do more with less to improve services while cutting his budget yada 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 let me just cut to some of the fun details there's a giant Please. photo of this important man the head of the Parks Department sitting at his desk the command center of the Parks Department of New York City here's the caption. Just ducky. Parks Commissioner Henry Stern talks on bird phone at desk, which serves his home to collection of feathered friend figures. Oh, my gosh. His desk is insane. It's covered. It's covered in fake birds. There's stuffed birds sitting on logs. There's giant rubber duckies. There's tiny rubber duckies. The phone he's talking on is a duck. It's a duck phone. And he's holding another bird in his other hand, I think, for the photo. It looks like a turkey, maybe? A little turkey? No, it's a duck. It's a duck. <laughs> it's hard to read the photo. It's either sitting on his wrist or he's holding it. I like the idea of him getting ready to take that photo and being like, okay, so I'm on the phone. All right, what do I do with my other hand? Right. I feel awkward. And it's like, this is good. Uh, we'll take it. And then he's like, uh, no, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I got I got to. I'll grab another duck. <laughs> so a sub story within this story, it goes through some of the issues he's had to deal with. A hotbed and cold of ideas. Win some, lose some. Henry Sturt has never been at a loss for ideas during his two tenures as parks boss. The good ones save money and make the city's parks more enjoyable. The bad uh-huh. ones? Well, to paraphrase Fiorello LaGuardia, when Stern makes a mistake, it's a beaut. Here's some of the good ideas. Trees. <laughs> I wish that was the, the whole idea. It's not. <laughs> I'm picturing an easel. And he, <laughs> he just turns the next page and <laughs> just the trees in big letters. This is interesting. Stern advocates collecting insurance money from motorists to replace park trees damaged in car accidents. Wow. Grass. <laughs> he opposes frequent big concerts in Central Park. <laughs> Nature. He held a funeral for a 63-year-old tree destroyed in Flushing Meadow Park to make way for the National Tennis Center expansion. <laughs> this, you know what this feels like? A cartoon? Speaking of Sorkin, this feels like Big Block of Cheese Day <laughs> from the West Wing. That is so true. Wait, this is a great one. Honors. This is under the good column. Honors. He intends to have a street named for his friend, the late Robert Wagner Jr. Thank God the friend is an actual friend because I thought you were going to say he intends to have. Yes, he intends yeah. to have a street name for his friend. For George Bush, the Bush that <laughs> sat outside his office for 25 years. <laughs> He's got a Bush named George Bush. <laughs> He's the president of the park. Here's the bad T-shirt ban. He tried to ban T-shirts in city pools, saying what T-shirts make women targets for molestation. He oh. defended the idea by saying, quote, what if a T-shirt is worn to indicate 
come and get me. Would we allow that? What is going on? <laughs> this took a turn. Well, this is under the bad. Sure. <laughs> he had some bad ideas, too. Unequal fees. He tried to make heavy metal and punk rock bands post a $2,500 bond to play in city parks, as opposed to the usual $250. He said loud music raised the testosterone level of fans. This wacko is no longer cute. <laughs> <laughs> it is because he only has so much power. You know what I mean? Sure. Yes. Okay. Like He can't really do anything. Right. I don't think any of these things happened at all. <laughs> He insisted that loud music was, quote, more likely to cause unrest than a Brahms lullaby. Yes, that's true. View tax. He tried to impose a fee dubbed pay-per-view on those whose apartments overlook Central Park. I mean... <laughs> oh, you back that one? No, that is not me backing. That is me saying, come on, dude. You're just... What are these things? Oh, I love this. Oh, this is an idea he had. This is the ego of this lunatic. He said he would be happy to allow the remaining Beatles to reunite for a concert in Central Park, even though they have no plans to do so. <laughs> hey, Robin, give me George Harrison. And if he's not picking up, try Paul McCartney. <laughs> it's important I talk to the Beatles. I wish to give them my, my blessing. Paul, Paul, Henry Stern at the uh, over at the Parks Department. Listen, if you we want decide to go to... ahead and let you... uh. <laughs> Great news. We're going to give you a preemptive green light. <laughs> oh, Henry Stern. <laughs> I do not like Henry Stern. <laughs> I love him. I love <laughs> He's sure problematic. Fine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Listen, though, that's why it's important that Park Commissioner has term limits. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. He's uh, predecessed by Uncle Leo's son, I think. That's right. <laughs> what was his name? Do you remember? I can't remember. Your cousin Jeffrey. Jeffrey. In so the I guess Jeffrey department. Leo. Je <laughs> oh, no. Leo's his first name, though, right? Yes. Jeffrey Seinfeld, I guess. Probably, yeah. Oh, no, because he's uh, his mom's. Yeah, we don't know. Anyway. Gosh. Rise, guys. Rise, gals. If you know the lineage of Uncle Leo, please let us know. Yeah, if you... You know, Jerry Seinfeld's fictional mother's maiden name. <laughs> right and to the Tonight Show, P.O. Box 8458, Studio City, Burbank, California. If you can get them a 23 in me, mm. that would also be beneficial. A fictional 23 in me. <laughs> so let's launch into this, shall we? Yes. Guess who we got back? Who do we got? Mr. Tommy Schlamy, the cat's man himself. Yeah, we do. Directing this episode. My man did some fun stuff. In he this. sure did. Uh, some beautiful shots. And it was written by uh, Andy Gordon and Eileen Kahn, who we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Of, uh, I don't recognize their names oh, all that much. Great. <laughs> what do they do? All that much. You added that. Yeah. I kind of recognize. I recognize their names in parts. I know people who have been named Kahn. I know an Eileen or two. <laughs> but, but to describe one person, it's a little fuzzy. So they've worked together on Dream On. Before okay. this, and just shoot me after this, and then went on to okay. have separate careers. They've both written for like a million sitcoms. Okay. They define the 90s. Is this their first Mad About You? No. Right. I remember thinking about the Dream On. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish cool. I could tell you which ones they wrote, but IMDb doesn't make it easy. No, they do not. Cool. What's something you like? Well, well, how'd well you I like. Yeah, what'd you think about the whole thing? Because you don't seem that uh, interested. I'm okay about this one. Wow. 
I had a good time watching it, but I uh, I think maybe because there was such an, a sweeping arc for the past two, and we got like with the fact that we got to see their wedding and the build up to it, yeah, that just like a and now we've got a dog episode, and everybody loves a Murray episode, but the stakes were a lot lower, yeah, which is fine, but it, it put it in a good realm for me. How about yourself? This, you know, how there's tears, yeah. The last two were in that top tier of like ins- yeah. like really big episodes. Yes. This is one of my favorite regular episodes. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, now we do it by things we love, things we didn't love. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, one column is far outweighing the other <laughs> in my notes. Cool. So empirically, yeah. I loved this episode. <laughs> Look, numbers don't lie. They sure don't. And if this it's- podcast is about anything, it's numbers. It's about numbers, baby. I tell you, I really love the cold open. What are you, out of your mind? I didn't even write that down. I thought that was a blast. Why? Why? Because I do that all the time. And also, I was able to predict the writing. Where, oh, in yeah. The, in the cold open, we see Paul getting himself. He's got a beret. He's found a beret, and he's putting it on, getting it just so. And I'm like, as he's doing this, I'm like, what one-word response is Jamie going to deliver when she sees this to shoot it down? And, and she walks in. Yeah. I was like, my money's on no. And she walks in. She sees Paul wearing a beret. She says, wrong. And that's it for the cold open. And I was like, ah, it was close. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. I wrote something yeah, oh, down absolutely. later that yeah. I predicted. And as a result, very much enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the first scene of this. I love Paul not being able to find oh, things. Yeah, this was a dynamic that's so real. That I think is very fun in real life, where one person, it's always more fun to be. So what's happening is it's the crack of dawn. Paul's headed to a mm-hmm. commercial shoot. So he's out of bed. He's dressed. He's getting everything in order. And Jamie's got time to sleep. So she's in yes. bed. And he keeps yes. waking her up because he can't find his little director's viewfinder. He can't find the bubble gum for the commercial he's shooting. He can't find. Mm-hmm. So he's at 100 and she's at like five. Right. But she's got to deal with him. Yes. And she's fine and she's doing it and she's helping him. But at the same time, he's having all these realizations. He's like, why do there so many magazines? Cows never complain about sweat. Like, he's just, you know, he's so <laughs> yes. alive. He is on. And it's and a funny thing because it's mostly like, asleep. In normal day to day, you would start to get a little bothered if someone was ignoring you the whole time. Mm-hmm. But you don't really care when it's, well, you, you know what I mean? You know, it's like, yeah, you should be ignoring me now. But I'm still going to share everything that I'm thinking. I hear you. I don't even think of it as she's not ignoring him. I don't think just as much as it is. That's true. Impenetrable. Just, he's she may as well not even be there. He's just right. like I'm up and I'm talking. And if you respond, then great. But that's not what this is about. This is about me saying things. But I don't think he'd be saying it if she wasn't there. You may be right. The idea of being awake and not being able to find things and needing to wake your sleeping partner mm-hmm. is very, very near and dear to my heart. That has happened oh, countless really? times. Oh, yeah. And I feel bad about it every time. But sometimes it's just like Jen knows exactly where every single thing we have ever touched or bought currently lives in our apartment. Right. And I'm the worst about it. So if I look and it's just like, no, Russ, you do you you do your due diligence and you try to find this thing. Mm-hmm. And I just like couldn't find it. And it's like, hey, where's that thing? It's right. It's at such and such place. I'm like, great. Thank you. Go back to sleep. I did exactly what he did. Yes, right. right. <laughs> it was very, very good. I love this scene as well. Yeah. The magazine pile up, he mentions at the top, ends up being like a component of the episode. Yes. I got a pile of magazines sitting. 
<laughs> I got an end table with a magazine holder built into the side so that I would have a place to put all the magazines. That's amazing. I, I don't know. I can't throw them out. What do you think it is? I want to read them first. It's like, I, why, why else did I get it? You haven't read them? No, it just feels like such a leisurely thing to do. And you don't have that kind of thing. No, I don't. What kind of magazines do you have? Oh, a little weird. <laughs> Never tell me. I don't want to know anything beyond the fact that John has weird magazines. A lot of pornography. <laughs> Just in your end table. Yeah. <laughs> Screw magazine. <laughs> What's that guy's name? I forget. I do like too. Jerry Berkowitz. No, no, no. It's, that's... it's, it's close Jerry to that. something. Yeah. Goldberg? Maybe. No, I have this magazine I subscribe to that started hey, on a Siri, lark. Siri, who edited Screw Magazine? <laughs> it's called Bomb, and it's okay. uh, it's this like arts magazine that started in the 80s in Soho. And I got it because it's a long story that I won't get into, but I encountered this uh, old avant-garde film director in Los Angeles at a coffee shop. And then me and my friend wrote a movie for him on spec in a week on a lark. Because he uh-huh. was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get it made. And we were like, well, we got nothing to lose. Why not? So we wrote this uh, kind of B-movie action script. And we sent it to him and he hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but because we wrote it because we thought he was a B-movie director because that's what his IMDb said. But then I did more research and he's like from the Wooster group and like did all this weird stuff before that. Oh, wow. So then I found this article in Bomb magazine from the 80s with him. And then I started reading through Bomb archives. And I was like, that's kind of a cool magazine. And they like... You know, it's from a time like, you know, in the old days, like in um, in yeah, they always talk about France, Paris, and the late early 1900s. How like painters would talk to filmmakers and musicians. Yes. They it was all one thing, you know. Yes. This magazine sort of that, and I was like, well, it'd be good to expose myself to some other kinds sure. of art forms, but uh, so far exposure zero, money two hundred dollars <laughs> at this point probably. <laughs> I'm going into year three of the subscription, I think. So you're subscribed to this. It's not just something that you've picked up every now and again. Oh, no. I subscribed. I'm a subscriber. <laughs> I'm a patron. <laughs> patron. I'm an angel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it Bombs feels like angels. It. I mean, at this point, I'm just donating money. Yeah. Yeah. You basically And on are. some level, serving as their recycling depot. <laughs> Oh, gosh. It's a thick magazine, too. (laughs) It's heavy. Uh, Makes Wired look like Newsweek. I've got to borrow one Oh, it's thick. Oh, baby, is this a thick magazine? (laughs) All right, calm down, Al Goldstein. It makes Newsweek look like an Archie comic. (laughs) That's how thick it is. Boy, are you kidding? (laughs) Oh, gosh. It makes War and Peace look like a train schedule look i'll listen to seven more of these and no fewer. <laughs> okay i don't i only have zero so let's move on <laughs> great how'd i oh yeah so the reason i can't do what they did because what they end up doing is reading through all of them right i wouldn't retain anything you know what i mean well i think they largely page they just kind of like flip through you're right because that's what it. you do with a magazine yes if something strikes your fancy then you read it but everything strikes my fancy. this is the problem yeah. But I won't remember any of it more than a week. It's conversation like, fodder for a week. Yes. I <laughs> Have I talked to you about when I went to the Air and Space Museum in D.C.? No. Maybe. We went and 
I had just gotten done watching From the Earth to the Moon. Yes, right. On HBO mm-hmm. uh, about the Apollo, the uh, documentary series about Apollo, the Apollo project. And I overheard people just being wrong right, right next to me. And I very much wanted to correct them. But I also like... I know the feeling. All, all that I had done was watch one mini series right. on HBO. And I suddenly feel like I'm in the position... To You're be an like, authority. Like, Excuse me, that's not what happened. There was actually a plugs out test and Apollo 1 uh, burned up before it ever launched. So that's why that's the case. And you're not quite right. I know this because I watched one show. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Can um, you imagine? That's what would happen. It'd be like, oh, wow, this guy really knows. Hey, Kathy, come over here. This guy really knows some stuff. And then it keeps spraying me like, yeah, he's he, I think he, he's an engineer. Like his dad worked on it or something, maybe. And then she's going to be like, oh, oh, uh. No, I just wa- well, I watched the web series. <laughs> I watched this web series. Yeah, yeah. Did I, I say web bomb. series? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm sorry, Tom Hanks. <laughs> Mini series. I read Bomb Magazine, so now I know everything there is to know about everything. So uh, I'll talk about whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of web series, I came across a little mm-hmm. web series that was featured that features some animals. So we can get into this part of the episode. A big part of the episode is. What essentially happens is Paul's directing a, a gum commercial. Jamie shows up with Murray to surprise him and say hi. Mm-hmm. And uh, the client loves Murray. Right. Wants him in the commercial. Murray becomes a star. Paul gets jealous, etc. Yes. Paul uh, Murray gets an agent, as the description says. Mm-hmm. So I filled out a little thing of uh, animal agents. And there was okay. a, an all-cat sitcom made on the internet called Dingleberry the Cat Sitcom. And the description says, the world's first all-cat sitcom. Dingleberry goes to extreme lengths to pay the rent to Mr. Squirrel and Gruber. Bill does not approve. (laughs) All right. I've got notes on this description. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It looks like there's, well, it's weird. There's episode one and episode four, it looks like. (laughs) (laughs) So if anyone can track down these lost episodes, we'd be eternally indebted to you. Put them That's on eBay and I'll buy them. Bonkers. So I love, as you could predict, I, okay, I love a bunch of moments. Should I just run through them? Sure. It doesn't seem like you have that long a list of things you loved. I love the idea of Brent Spiner. I'll say that. I thought Data was at least half East Asian. <laughs> yeah. Is that crazy? No. The way no, they do his not. hair and makeup yeah. is very re- reminiscent of like almost like a Kabuki esque. Yeah, he's got a high pony aesthetic, a high ponytail in the back. I think not on Star Trek. Oh no, I'm but sorry. in this, not on Star Trek. Yes, in this. But I'm yes. saying on Star Trek, they dye his hair like dark black and sort of powder his face extremely white. I feel like right, right, which is Kabuki-ish. That is Kabuki-ish. Yes. So like, I just always assume. So anyway, so those, <laughs> for those who don't know, the guy who plays Murray's agent eventually is Brett Spiner. Brent. Yes. Brett. Brent Spiner. Brent yes. Spiner, who played Data on Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yep. And yeah, I I'm not sure how much I loved him in this role. It's interesting because um, it's so different. It is very different. Like what he is range? doing he is doing a real like he is really Queens accenting it up. Big time. It doesn't match the guy's clip right right? I was expecting yes. like sort of an older Danny Rose kind of right. feel. Yes. Like a stealth yes. from friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I dreamed of Absolutely. as it was happening, I was like, oh, I would have killed to play this role you would have been great Ugh. you could have taken data down 
Here's a couple of funny uh, things from his, not funny. He was in the original Sunday in the Park with George. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Small parts. He played Franz. He played a servant in the first act, and he played uh, one of the like tech engineers in the second act. Sure. Okay. Wow. Yeah, isn't that wild? And what's weird is it's credited in parentheses as Franz, which is the first character, Uh comma, space, Dennis. The idea of Dennis Franz being a character in Sunday in the Park with ah, George is... put that together. That's great. <laughs> it's truly delightful. <laughs> he also, in 2003, was in a play at Circle in the Square called Lifetimes 3 by Yasmina Reza. Yeah, that's right. right. The woman who wrote, uh, whatever, the play about little bullies and their parents. Guess who's in it? Who? Miss Helen Hunt. Get out of yeah. here. So they got to reunite eight years later. That's great. You think she remembered him? Yeah, right? Yes, absolutely. Eight years, a lot of guest well, stars. Here's the thing, though. Do you think you had to jog it? I'm trying to think. Was Star Trek The Next Generation a thing at this point? Oh, yes. You're right. He would have been on TV a, a ton. So, yes. So, because you see him and because he's famous, yeah. she will know who Brent Spiner is. Try as she might. She can't forget. Yes. If this was just some other guy that she did an episode with and then did a play with later, right? she may not remember him. Yeah. But you remember working with you remember doing a scene with Data. That's true. You're right. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. So uh, what are some good... I got a few clips. Oh, the, okay. So this is my favorite. There's just so many things about this agent. There's a very weird joke they give him <laughs> early on in his general meeting with Murray and Paul and uh, uh-huh. Jamie. I was nodding off last night. Your commercial came on. I saw that tail wagging. <laughs> Three words. I want that dog. <laughs> Four, four. <laughs> Three words. I want that dog. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't that weird? That's a fun goof. It's so realist. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's one of those weird natural ones. Yes. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like an ad lib, um, but it's written. No, it's clearly written. I'm just saying it's like, yeah, written. no, I feel like they probably wrote it on set. Like as oh. that was punch up. Yeah. In the, as they're shooting, just like, say three words, I want that dog. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that could be true. You know, talking about it this much makes me feel like, well, maybe it's not as funny as I thought. <laughs> maybe it's not that good. <laughs> the set decorators went nuts with this guy's office. Yes. He has a white dog sculpture that sort of looks like Joey Tribbiani's. Yeah, it kind of does. It's like the I same put that aesthetic. Yeah. Different pose. Yes. White, sleek. <laughs> he has animal head shots all over the walls. Uh-huh. And he has like at least two cat statues, I think. One behind him and one on his desk. There's a lot going on. I just I love uh, I love animal agents as characters. He's got a bowl on his table. Oh, yeah. Full of snacks. And Paul takes a couple, pops <laughs> them into his mouth. And then Data takes one, gives it to Murray, and says, kidney treat. <laughs> and, kidney treat? Uh, Yes, I believe he said kidney, as in made of kidneys, and for... What did you hear? Made of kidneys? Yeah. I didn't hear anything. I'm shocked. That's the equivalent of, like, going a human going into an agent's office and then being like, water? Bran bar? You know what I mean? That's not fun. That's like a health supplement, it sounds like. I think that dogs... Really it's love... It's a dog... Yeah, I think that that's the thing. A dog treat made out of kidneys, and that's a thing. Made out of kidneys? I think so, unless I didn't hear it properly. Hey, Russ... Where do the kidneys come from? Our cows. Wait, really? Yeah. This. Well, where do you think dog food comes from? <laughs> I never thought about Different it. Different animals. It looks like cereal. <laughs> you know what 
dogs chew on a lot of times, right? Fake bones. You know what else? No. Like pig's ears. Oh, yeah, because there's a cow hoof in this episode. Yeah, cow hoof, dried bull penis. Really? Yes, a pizzle stick, yes. That's what it's called? Yes. Dogs are disgusting. <laughs> I know we might lose listeners. I couldn't. I, I'm not a dog person. I couldn't care less. My policy with dogs is one of mutual respect. I go my way. You go yours. I'll be very polite. I'll be friendly. But, oh my gosh. you know, I'm not going to overdo it with you. I this is very fun. <laughs> this is fun for me Ugh. watching all of this happen with a you. Pizzle stick. Yeah, that's why I'm just like, if that's the case, then yeah, kidney treats making a lot more sense now, isn't it? It sounds like um, what's the hundred one Dalmatian treat? I don't recall. Chris, something treats they can't be beat. They make each meal a special treat. I don't know. Canine crisps. Canine crisps. That would have been a fun little whatever. If only. So Paul spits. He, he does this weird. The chairs are weird. The chairs for the mm. humans are a little weird. They have like this downward slant on the side so you can sit funny in them. Yes. Paul turns over to his right to spit the food out and mask it. Right. When he realizes dog food and then sits in the chair in the weirdest way with his right leg over the side. This whole thing is more over the top than I've seen Paul. I love it too. long time. Did, Did you not? I, I'm like too much. I'm like, this is a bit much for me. This is Paul living his inner Jerry Lewis. Have you ridden in a taxi lately? Yes. Have you seen the Peter Travers popcorn movie show? No, I turned those off immediately. I want to do, I could do a game show called Jews Sitting in Chairs. (laughs) I'm going to try and tweet it after this episode comes out. I want to get people's opinions. This guy picked the worst, or they picked the worst chair for Peter Travers to sit in. It's so big, and he slides all the way back into it, and he looks ridiculous. And it's his talk show. In every awesome episode, Peter he tries sitting forward. He tries sitting to the left, the right. It doesn't work. He can't sit in this chair. And that's how Paul is in this chair. <laughs> I am glad that you're sticking up for the little guy here. <laughs> Can I tell you another thing that I like? Please. So it was a, a subtle thing. As they cut to an interstitial they or as they as they I knew you were going to mention this. Yeah, as they fade between scenes, the music yes mirrors the jingle that they're playing in this commercial that I was singing earlier. <laughs> yes, that's a very fun musical motif. They carry out yeah. the whole episode really. Yeah, they do. It was really, really cool. It was fun. And then that the clip we just listened to has uh, Paul and Jamie singing along after they come oh, back. Oh, right. Yes. Walking around the house singing the jingle. And not annoying each other, which was nice. No, they're both into it. That's a classic thing you could make them like, you know. Right. So going back to that, well, no, no need. I don't know. I have so many clips and we don't have to share all of them. Well, okay. Here's my favorite agent clip. And this is because it's so predictable. So... As you'll hear in the clip, you hear it's the end of the meeting. You hear a, a chicken crow. What, what's it called? Cockadoodle doo. A, a rooster, yeah. A rooster crow. Thank you. Yeah. A rooster crow off stage. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Forgive me, my three o'clock is here. <laughs> oh, verbatim. <laughs> Out of my dreams. <laughs> Out of my dreams. That's so sticky. Oh, it's so sticky. I love when this show does that. 
I love when it's a mix of vaudeville. Right. And like Tennessee and Williams. That's when it's at its yeah. best, you know? Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the Tonight Show bits? Murray's dream sequence. <sighs> so that's okay. Let's talk about that aspect of this episode. Yeah. Murray's an idiot, right? Right. Typically. That's how we're used to seeing him. Yes. And Paul, we sort of get these two philosophies about Murray. Paul thinks of him as just a dog who doesn't know much, but he loves him. Right. And Jamie thinks of Murray more as like a kid who's like, is he going to be satisfied? Like, we know, we, we Jamie pushes for the agent in the first place because she's like, he just sits around all day. Surely he wants more. I'll interrupt you very briefly because speaking of Paul thinking that Murray is an idiot and doesn't do much, we had a brief interlude with Bob, the agent, wherein Bob says, so what else does he do? <laughs> and Paul shows off Murray's trick. Come on, he must do something. No. no. <laughs> Tricks? No. Special talents? No. Uh, oh, no, actually, actually, Murray, go get the mouse. Oh, oh honey. No, no, wait. Get the mouse. <laughs> now, do you think they use the same sound Yes. From a recording? I, or do you, I think they worked very hard to f- get just the right the sound. The perfect sound. Yes. It oh, is so mouse. funny. Every so time I hear it. So, so good. You know what Anyways, would be fun? Sorry. That'd be a great little ringtone for a text message. That would be good. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Up. It's also funny <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's what he thinks of Murray. He loves him, yeah. but he's willing to. <laughs> He's willing to get him to run into a wall at full speed. To show, yeah. yeah. I love you. Look at how dumb you are. Yeah. <laughs> but this episode really gives Murray sentience. Is that, did I say mm-hmm. that right? You said you pronounced it properly. I'm not sure if you used it correctly, but keep, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> he becomes as smart as the two. He really outsmarts them in a way by the end of the episode. Yes, we see that, uh, you know, we have a couple of dream sequences. Jamie thinks that Murray has wants and desires. And Paul repeats again and again, he's Murray. Right. Which is just to say he's a dog. He doesn't know where he is, what's going on. Right. He just exists without any feelings or thoughts or hopes or dreams. And yet we see, you know, there's a dream sequence and Murray is on The Tonight Show. So we get Jay Leno and Rachel Hunter. Did you know who she was? I did. How? She was a supermodel. I've she was never. To, you who? know who she was married to? No. She was married to Rod Stewart. Oh, that's why you knew. Yeah. Is he from New Zealand too? No, he's from Scotland. Eh, same thing. <laughs> Unimpressed? Yeah. No, that's no, the same thing. Yes. So this is a Rachel Hunter heavy episode. Yes. Thank God they didn't do an interview on this episode because. <laughs> oh my that, God. That professor would have been all. Over I can't her. wait for him. To, yeah, he's just gonna like drop the pretense and just be like, "So everybody wants to bang Rachel Hunter, right?" <laughs> I mean, she was hands inc- up, hands up. If you're sexy. super into Rachel Hunter. The way she pet Murray was incredibly uh, <laughs> intimate, and uh... <laughs> so she comes up a lot because she comes up early on in the episode. When uh, Ira and Lisa are over and Paul and Jamie are trying to go through the magazines in the foreground and uh, Ira's like, Rachel Hunter's on. And Paul jumps up and runs over to try and catch her. Yes. And it goes right into the commercial airing for the first time. Right. Which I also love because this is at least the second time where it's like a commercial related to them has aired on their TV and they've all watched it. Yeah. It's like a thing now. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot. They've got a lot of television connections. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you're a documentarian. And born and raised. That's true. Family's got businesses they own. That's a good point. 
and we get a little great joke from Ira about how dumb the uh, gum jingle is. Oh, hey, that's my commercial. Is that Murray? Yeah. Look, 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 look at it. Shush, 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 shush. What shush? It's yum, yum, yum. What are you missing? That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about, though? Oh, yeah, Rachel Hunter. So, well, yeah, you already know all about her. I didn't know anything about her. So she's a supermodel. Oh, yeah, she's in this movie. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's Tom Gallup. Never. Oh, no, she's in another. She's in a. That's right. She's in. And this was shocking. <laughs> I thought there's some erotic thriller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that she's in with, of all people, Marley Matlin. Called <laughs> called Two Shades of Blue. You got to work, man. Everybody. I guess. Work. I guess so. I have no idea what that movie's like or what it's about. No, me neither. I just, I was like, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Erotic thriller with Marley Matt. Hell of a cast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, she was incredibly, she met Rod Stewart when she was 21. Yes. And he was 45. Yes. Whew. Man alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they no, have two kids times, together. A lot of times I'm like, how is it going to work? How? What are they going to talk about? But then it's just like, uh, they're going to talk about how he's Rod Stewart. And she's Rachel Hunt. Yeah. 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 They, they could just be like, I'm pretty hot. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty hot, too. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, and then she uh, got involved with a hockey player, Sean Avery. You know him? I do. Huh. Wow. Yeah, Sean Avery's a real jerk, but also he's on Bravo. He's a, a bit of a Bravo celebrity. He's on uh, Watch What Happens Live a lot nowadays and stuff. Um, oh, wow. She, she had a few hockey days. She got involved with another one, Jared Stoll. Yes. You know about him? I know that he's a player. And he's 13, he was 13 years younger than her. Yeah. And then Love knows no bounds. He proposed to her, and they he called off the wedding seven weeks before the wedding day. Oof. Yeah. Anyway. Yikes a roof. Yeah. So uh, Murray ha- has a dream where Jay Leno has him and Rachel on, and then Rachel wants to pet him. Right. And he just gets pet by Rachel. Yes. What's her name? Hunter? Hunt? Hunter. Yeah. Hunter. And then, of course, the tag of the episode is Paul's having the same dream where he's on The Tonight Show. Right. And then he ends up getting pet like a dog by Rachel, which is delightful. Sure. Who doesn't love watching Paul Reiser get pet by a supermodel? Tell you who definitely doesn't mind. Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser is pretty cool. (laughs) I bet he he was a little uncomfortable. Probably. I would be. (laughs) I've got a line here that I liked and I'll bet you like because Ira and Paul go out with Murray. Mm-hmm. To go get a treat. Is this about smell? It sure is. Smell this. I don't want to smell it. No, just smell it. That's how nougat smells. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this happens. I like that. And I'm just like, oh, John's going to love this line. Has it ever this happened happens, to you, though? What, that food or that chocolate or nougat has a certain smell that you don't expect? No, just like a food you take for granted sometimes. You get like a really strong whiff of for the first time. Sure. And you're like, whoa. Ugh. <laughs> that's not great. And it's unpleasant. Right. Yeah. Sure, that'll happen. And it fundamentally changes the whole experience it, going forward for the rest of your life, really. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a specific... I'm, I'm sure that that's happened. Yes. Once I got steak and eggs uh-huh. at the Sidewalk Cafe in the East Village uh-huh. at brunch, you know, on Saturday. And, uh, you know, it's in the East Village, so it's a little... Din- it's a nice little joint, but, you know, the, the riff, there's a little riffraff. Uh, right. Everyone that goes there is a little grungy. You know, sure. including me, you know, pretty cool hanging out in the village and everything. You know, you can oh, picture yeah, you're it. Very, a little flannel. You're very, very, very grungy. Flannel shirt, electric right. guitar slung over my back. Yeah, you're Eddie Vedder, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know his name. I oh, he's him. in Nirvana. Nope. Oh, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Wait, no. Are you serious? No. I'm serious. No. Uh, Pantera. Seven more, and then that's it. <laughs> Eddie Vedder. I know him. He's a rocker. He is a rocker. He is a rocker. Well, he's not the Rolling Stones, obviously. Right. And he's not Aerosmith. No. <laughs> he's not Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> oh, uh, Sex Pistols. Nope. That guy's Sid. Oh, that's Sid. That- Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy. That's Sid. Uh, Sid. Um, Sid Vicious. <laughs> not Sid. Sid Greenberg. Sid, yeah. Sid. <laughs> <laughs> Sid Vicious. Right. Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. You know what? This is going to kill me because I do know. I'll literally tell you the way that my mom found out about this band years and years ago. <laughs> okay. We were listening to the radio. My mom, my brother and I. And my mom was just like, who is this? Uh, my brother said, who do you think it is? <laughs> And she never gets this right. Right. And she says, well, it's not Pearl Jam. <gasps> and we're like, it's Pearl Jam. Yes, it is. It's Pearl it's Jam. It's Pearl Jam. That's it. I was never a big fan. <laughs> I got to tell you. That name. Oh, yeah. You weren't. <laughs> well, you could have fooled that me. That name's John. a little too cool for that band. Oh, God. Eddie Vedder should be a head of a band with a cooler name than Pearl Jam. Don't you think? Sure. I don't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I could I never I couldn't associate it. Oh, Pearl Jam. That's John, like if, how the hell did we wind up talking it's about like it? Like Darius Rucker's name was like Sticks Bully or something. <laughs> That's too cool. That's not a good cool, cool name. Yeah, okay. Whatever. The point was, oh, I'm eating the steak with my buddy Joe, you know, and it's a steak and eggs, so it's not right. the fanciest steak in the world because it comes with okay. the brunch. Right. As I'm eating it. Every now and then, it's I smell this disgusting smell. Uh-huh. And every it's timed with every time the waitress walks by our table. And my head is like, oh, yeah, East Village, a waitress probably right. doesn't shower. Yep. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> she stinks. And I lean sure. forward and I say, man, the waitress, are you, am I crazy? Does the waitress, like, really smell bad? <laughs> and he's like, I haven't smelled anything. And then I take another bite. <laughs> And I do an inhale, you know, on the way up. Yeah. And I realize it might be the steak. And I hold it to my nose and I take a big whiff. And I was like, oh, my God. It smells oh, like a wet boot. Ugh. And I'd already eaten most of it. Ugh. But it's one of those things now. I Guess what I've never ordered since then? Steak and eggs. That's. It's not a great story. Yeah. We Well, we had a lot of fun getting there. We sure did. <laughs> I love anytime new gets mentioned in a sitcom. For sure. Which the 20. 20- Tens have not had a lot of tragically low on nougat commentary. <laughs> Everybody thinks so. <laughs> oh, this other moment. There's a couple. There's two quick moments. I just want to go back to. Yeah. Once Murray becomes big and he's on TV. But before he has the agent, Maggie Conway, their neighbor, mm-hmm. shows up with a basket that she found that was waiting for them at the front of the building. Is he in? Uh, yeah, Paul. Oh, no, 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 not him. <laughs> You were very good last night. Yes, he was. Ask, ask me who directed it. I did. Thank you very much. Yes. Sophie and I are going to the park later, and we thought perhaps if he were free... Well, let's see if he can work you in. Thanks a lot. Her telling Murray how good he was, and just her sucking up to them for the first time was yeah. so 
funny. That was fun. She's unbelievable. It's a really fun character. It's a fun dynamic between them. I love Jamie kind of having the upper hand in yes, this situation. Yes, right, 100%. And Paul. Yeah, because that, that doesn't always happen with... Uh, Almost never. With Maggie Conway, yeah. But, like, she should, so far she's been in, like, one scene, Max, an episode. Mm-hmm. And both of those scenes have been some of my favorite scenes in that whole episode. She's great. She's they unbelievable. Very, very well. Yeah. She comes in and knocks it out of the park. Oh, also, Paul, so they get the basket. It's from the agent that they haven't met yet. And yep. it's got all these dog treats. Yep. And Paul goes, did you know they make espresso kibble? Yeah. <laughs> That's my kind of joke. <laughs> so Paul, throughout the episode, Jamie's very excited about Murray having a burgeoning career. And Paul feels a kind of neglected and jealous of his dog, which is yes. funny. And then it gets to a point where Murray gets a job for a Megadeth concert. Who's the head singer of that one? I know. Do you? Mega? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's not death, Russ. I'm not an idiot, so. I have no idea. I, I probably haven't even heard of them, to be honest. What's their name? His name is Dave Mustaine. Yep. Never heard of him. Yeah. So they, you know, there's a Megadeth. Uh, Music video? Video. Yes. Up in Oneonta. And uh, Murray's going to play Megadeth's dog. Right. And. Paul is saying, no, this is my life and I'm doing this. And he gets he gets he it's gets the very first jealous. time we've seen him really like for her to be like, oh, this is what we're doing. And him to just be like, no. Yes. Was a little jarring. I was thinking that, too. We've never heard him put his foot down about anything. Right. I don't think I've ever heard him say no. Yeah. At all in the show. And our and generation, the dog commercial, our generation is not used to foot videos, right? feet being put down in general. No. You know what I mean? Yes. We don't do yes. that. Right. We're like, well, be, let's talk about yeah. it. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I've made lists of pros and cons to Murray's plan. Oh, in the way, this is a signature Paul way of rejecting an idea, but I don't, we must have heard this before, but I, I don't remember when. He's never been away from home before. Come on, it'll be fun. Come with us. Oneonta and Megadeth. Uh, not so much. Why not? The whole not so much thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Classic. I, it, it did, yes. It did feel that, you know what? Normally it's more light in tone. Right. That's true. It's more just like, it's more pointed. So that's why it didn't ring the same. Yeah. So So Jamie hires Lisa to take Murray so that she can stay with Paul. Yes. They have a grand old time. It's silly. But also Lisa's sick of Murray's attitude. Yeah. She lasts one day. Yeah. And then she quits, which is very funny. Oh, we get that great moment, which is maybe a five clapper. Oh, yeah. When they're brushing, Paul and Jamie are brushing their teeth. In the midst of it, while Murray's away on for work. Yes. And they, it syncs beautifully where, like, he rinses his brush, she rinses his brush. He's, yes, he, the two of them are, are brushing their teeth at the same time. Right. Sharing the sink. He gargles, she starts gargling, he spits. And before he's able to lift his head up, she spits right on the back of his neck. Yep. And it's wonderful. That was, I mean, that's huge. That's one of the things that people say. I remember when. Wait, Jamie really? Spit. Yes. And that was used, if you look on YouTube, I believe Mac Jackson, hi Mac, hi Mac, sent us a bunch of commercials a while ago. Yeah, some show uh, promos, promos, right? Yes. And this was a joke that they had in the can for three years. I'm pretty sure this was featured on a promo. Wait, what are you saying? You're saying they shot, they shot this unrelated yes. to an episode originally just for a promotional? Yes. Yes. No kidding. Yeah. And if you're like in the promos, they also had the original Murray. They had a different dog. Oh, I hate that thing. 
Yeah, it was weird. I forget his but name like, even. Yeah. No, he but, was so fine. It's just he was like, a pro. They, <laughs> but yeah, so they just had like different. They didn't pull clips from the show. They shot specific things, and this was one of them. Gotcha. And then they plugged it into this episode. Gotcha. Pretty neat. That is wild. Yeah. Well, that's a yeah, big time absolutely. five clapper. That's like a 10 clapper then. So many claps. So this all sort of like builds up to this big audition. You know, the tensions are building between the whole family. Right. And Murray's got this big TV series audition. Right. We find out in the scene before, as they're going into the audition, when Murray gets back from the concert or from the concert, I keep calling it a concert or a commercial. It's a music it's a video. video. My goodness. Murray gets back from the music video and we get a Murray's eye view perspective. Yeah, there goes Tommy Schlamy again, breaking yep. convention. Really great. Flaunting we convention. See, we see him in black and white. Flaunting? As dogs do. Oh, right. And we hear panting and the shot is low mm-hmm. and the sound is a little bit different. And we see Paul and Jamie talking about Murray's burgeoning career. And Paul basically says, I would never tell him this. He, he has a conversation just like you would talk about a human who isn't there. Right. Uh, just, you know, I would never tell him this because it would break his heart, but I just miss him. And so that's that all Murray to the, needs to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. Because, you know, you know, from that moment, he's going to throw the audition. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens. Yeah. We cut to the audition. And it and, is wonderful. Yeah. Basically, the whole gag is he has to. His job is to come into the audition. The director will read his line. Yep. And at the end of the line, his cue is at the end of the line to uh, wag his tail. Right. That's the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the director is played by this guy named Richard Frank. Mm-hmm. Who did you recognize him? No, I'll just say no. I don't <laughs> think I did. He looked he looked familiar, but it wasn't like oh I know him from that. I and, didn't uh, either, but I thought you yeah. might because he was a uh, father Vogler in Amadeus. I've never seen it. That shocks me right that's weird i've never seen it either yeah but you i expect yeah, to have seen that's it that's fair i know a lot of the jokes and a lot of the the tropes from it i know a lot of the of what happens in yeah the, that's a kind of knowledge yeah. i'm very familiar with as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like i didn't um, know anything about the andrea doria ship except for kramer telling me about it in one episode of seinfeld sure like yeah, that's how we get most of yeah. our information <laughs> but he's sort of a like off-broadway legendary actor he was the original roy Cohn and Angels in America. Really? Yeah. Wow. And here's a little thing I love. He played uh, Horatio in a production of Hamlet with David Hyde Pierce's Laertes at the public theater. Not in the park, but it's just funny to me that, well, okay, so this guy wasn't a TV star per se, but just that both of them would go on to be in must seats. Like, yeah. it'll be like two people from this production <laughs> will eventually be on must see TV that's, Thursday that's... nights. <laughs> and then here's this is tragic. Shortly after this episode, I mean, within by August, he died from complications from AIDS. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So this well, is maybe one of his last performances. Rest in And peace, actually, sir. he might have been sick even. Dear. I don't know. I mean, if maybe probably. I don't know, not to keep making it darker. But here's a clip of him crushing it. My new family, Murray Test and action. I don't know about you, Scout. But to me, this feels like home. What do you think? Bob, Jamie? Um, he's just nervous. I could listen to him read that line for hours. I'm glad you could. I was you didn't it, like it? But eh. Oh, you must feel... <laughs> oh, wow, Russ. Wow. Yeah, yeah. How dare you? The man has passed, and you can't even... 
Look, I hate to speak ill of the dead, and I won't. I'll just say I didn't like that line. <laughs> Fair enough. I loved it. Oh, man. In the shot, this Tommy Schlamme shot from behind Murray of right. the agent, the director, the cameraman, Paul and Jamie, all staring at him for the audition. It's so beautiful. Right. It was fun. It's so, uh, it transcends the medium, <laughs> as he is wont to do. Sure. So Murray, he's throwing the audition, the audition for My New Family, a one-hour drama. And he throws it by, uh, rather than wagging his tail, which is his specialty, he barks up a storm. And then the second take, he lies down. And then the third take, he growls and attacks the director. Well, to be fair, his agent was getting pretty antagonistic, too. He was, yes. That is true. Calls him a mutt. Yeah, we haven't really talked about Murray's performance in this episode that much. Uh Uh-huh. He's unbelievable. Maui, we started to take him for granted. We do. He is one of the greatest dog actors out there, I would say. Yes, 100%. By far. There's a moment early on, right when the commercial airs, and Paul, the phone starts ringing with all these different people calling to congratulate. Paul thinks him, but right. they're all calling to congratulate Murray. Right. And Paul's mother calls mm-hmm. and wants to tell Murray that he did a good job, but she wants to tell him directly. So Paul holds the phone up to Murray. Right. And I'm sure it's just us projecting on his face a little. Right. But he stays neutral, and it just has this feeling of, like, I don't want to talk to your mother. I don't want to talk to <laughs> yeah, this woman. Right? It's yeah. unbelievable. I don't know how they get him to sit so still. I don't know. When they need him to. Look, he can do so many different things. But yeah. Even where it's just like, okay, now speak. You're going to you know, you're gonna bark at this point, and then you're going to lie down. Yeah. John, I'm an idiot. Listen to how impressed I am by a dog well, yeah, you're doing saying basic, basic dog things. tricks. Yeah. He can sit on command. <laughs> He can lie down on command. Getting him to growl, though. Yes, that's tough. That was a and that was a great performance because he, you yeah. know, you know, it's uh, you know, Russ. It's very hard for an actor to be both genial and terrifying <laughs> in the same performance. You know what? He reminded me of De Niro in Cape Fear. <laughs> Truly, you this remember is... how genial that performance was <laughs> when he was getting tattooed in prison and then. <laughs> Sucking Juliet Lewis's finger. Ew. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it. I saw it when I was a kid. I don't remember most oh, of it. Oh, dear. It was messed up. <laughs> the weird thing is also now, I think if Murray had broken skin now, he'd have to be on a list. Oh, yeah. This would be a very sad episode. Like, it'd be a huge deal. He'd probably be put down. Right. right maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. If this wasn't the 90s, yeah. Murray'd be dead. <laughs> Maui would have a death scene. No, yeah. Yeah. We would cut to Jamie crying on the phone. <laughs> you can't. He's a good boy. Please. <laughs> what? She she didn't go down there? No. <laughs> she called? No, that's the tragedy. The tragic part is they won't even let him them see him. <laughs> uh, oh, here's another weird thing. Because first, first they break your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so... Do you remember last week when we're at the bachelorette party and it's just that awful bachelorette party at Jamie's apartment? I do. And Remy is there, a woman named Remy. Yes. And we were like, who is this friend? Who is she? Yes. And how does she know so much about Paul? Yeah. We're idiots. Have we seen her prior? Yeah. In season two, I think she played his assistant. And that's why she's on set in this season. And that's also why she knows about the way Paul shoots. (laughs) And that's why she made a joke about it last week. Look, I hear you. I don't think we're idiots because if you and I are idiots, didn't Christina have the same 
questions? Yeah, but to be fair, she hasn't watched every episode and done a podcast about it. <laughs> sure, but Jen also had the same questions. But look, if we're talking about being idiots or not, you and I may be idiots. They are not idiots. They made us watch, uh, or they made us wait a year mm-hmm. for her to come back. Right. And when they bring her back, it's in a totally different context. So it's like, Absolutely. what? Yes. No, you're yes, right. It's, it's like confusing. seeing a teacher at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> wait, Paul's assistant is at his home? Right. Why? Right. Yeah. Anyway, that solves that mystery. <laughs> so yeah so bob fires murray yeah and jamie yeah as we said jamie says he had one bad audition paul says he broke skin and yeah paul kind of reiterates the fact that he doesn't think that uh murray knows anything happened at all and yet at the foot of the bed murray is lying there and wags his tail happily and contented so that's lovely murray lived something of a dream or not but uh really he just wants to be home with his family yeah, and then we get another uh, uh jay leno uh, appearance yeah. uh, 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 rachel hunter you want to uh pet polarizer isn't that uh... sure <laughs> and where, where, are you, where are you from rachel hunter new zealand <laughs> Do you need Vida? <laughs> I swear I'm a better improviser than I let on on this podcast. Because whenever we start to have fun like that, you make me giggle so much. And it's just like, that's not good improv. Yeah, come out to the magnet and watch uh, Russ yeah, dissolve into true. a puddle of yeah, laughter. Go to the magnet constantly. and watch Russ laugh at everyone on stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nobody's funnier than you, Johnny. Uh, hey, that now that is 100% true. <laughs> oh my gosh rise guys rise gals thank you so so much for listening to another episode of our podcast if this is your first episode of the podcast thank you for listening to this for the first time welcome aboard john where can people find out more about this podcast should they go to say the website well it, uh, it'd be almost faster to tell them where they can't go because there's so many places they can go <laughs> <laughs> yes our website mad about you pod at gmail no oh brother no. <laughs> you're, you're confusing uh, all of the many ways to get in touch with us mad about you has it all it's got links to everywhere that we that you can listen to us it's got uh links to all of our social media our email you can even buy the series we got links to the amazon uh listings if you want to go but yep. it's so cheap if you yep. don't have it even if you have to buy a DVD player for another 25 bucks, the whole kit will cost you like 50 bucks. Yep, you're it's still coming out on top. so cheap. Just yep. buy it. It's worth it. It's a blast. You'll be glad you did. You can uh, tweet at us, at MadAboutYouPod. Facebook us, at MadAboutYouPod. You can email us, MadAboutYouPod at gmail.com. We're everywhere now. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever they call it now. I don't care. Tune in. And the other ones, Overcasts, I think is one. I don't know. Go to the website. I One day I made a whole list. One of the main reasons we made the website, I, partly, is so that we could have a list of the places we are because I can't remember offhand. Makes sense. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you, though, so reach out. And uh, if you have a chance and if you haven't in the last 60 minutes, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It helps uh, get the word out, and uh, it helps when people stumble across it. They know it's not a piece of crap, and they tune in. Sounds fantastic. I'm going to do that myself. I'm going to conflict of interest. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't reviewed it because I hate the podcast. (laughs) Well, that's true. If you hate the podcast, please keep your mouth. But I know it would be a conflict of interest because I would want to give it a five star to help us. But in my heart, 
one star at most, I would say. Well, there's a rating that was made just for you. What if I what if I follow our own thing and I give us a five star rating and in the blurb I say one star at most? <laughs> yep. That's the thing. I was gonna say three stars, but no, you're right. Oh man. Folks, we've got a theme song. It goes like this. It's by Mr. John D. Ivy. Thank you so much, John. And our logo was designed by Mr. Nathan Diffie. Find him on Twitter at Nathan D-I-F-F-E-E. Thank you very much, Nathan. And our sound was mixed by Mr. Vuk Yovanovich. Thank you, Vuk. Fantastic. John. We did it again. A big week. We did it again. How about that? I'm glad to get to do this with you. Yeah, likewise. (laughs) Well, good. Oh, congratulations again. Thank you again. Yeah. What a good time. Indeed. Uh, Fantastic. I'll now get to view the show through the eyes of... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should restart the podcast. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. So tune in next week for... Episode one. one. Season one. Episode (laughs) one. What's it called? Spontaneous interludes? Something weird like that? Yeah, I think that's right. I know it's not called pilot, which sure would be a lot more convenient and easy to remember right now. Not as fun. Not as fun. Anyway, Rise Guys and Rise Gals, thank you so much for listening. This has been Mad About Mad About You. I'm Russell Fader. And I'm Johnny Marbles. (laughs) And And this this is is what what we're we're saying. saying.